This is One on One with Jasper Cole, Hollywood's bad guy, and so much more. Actor, talent manager, producer, and more. Now he's sitting down with today's top newsmakers from entertainment, politics, pop culture, and beyond. This is One on One with Jasper Cole. Welcome, everybody, to One on One with Jasper Cole. This is your host, Mr. Jasper Cole. Please follow us on social media, uh, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. It's One on One J. Cole. Also, it's, um, you can go to Jasper Cole Says, S-A-Y-S. And my website, jaspercole.com, has a link to the show. You can click on there and find all the archive episodes. Welcome, welcome back to our Thursday night live show. I want to give a big shout out to my co-host and producer, John Williams. Hey, buddy. Hey, Jasper. How is your Thursday going tonight? Well, it's going really well. It's been a busy day. How about you? <laughs> yeah, I hear you. <laughs> you've been, been in the, you've been in the virtual reality world it's, today. It's the hustle and bustle of the holiday season. So you can imagine Black Friday coming, Cyber Monday coming. So yes, it's been crazy. Yeah. Well, not to mention uh, Mercury is in retrograde, right? Oh, For a while. Tell me about it. Yes, I know. Yeah, I think Probably. I'm until the twentieth of this month. So. Oh my God. Yeah. It's been a nightmare. I mean, I'm surprised we even. We're hooked up tonight because um, all my all my my iPhone, my laptop, my cell phone—it's just my iPhone. It's all gone batshit crazy in the last week. You know, and I'm kind of like I ask, I'm like, is this really a thing? But then when I call, you know, Spectrum or I call for food delivery or whatever, they're all having technical issues. So right, I have to believe that it is a thing. <laughs> You know, it affects communication and technology. That's what Mercury does. So I know a lot of people don't believe in it, but then I think more and more people are starting to become believers. And I wonder if that's more the collective believing in it and some more things manifest. I don't know. We'd have to ask uh, our guests from previous episodes, uh, Dr. Fujian. <laughs> well, I, I definitely used to like make fun of people or poo-poo the whole idea yeah. when they would talk about it. I have one friend in particular, she's a life coach and that was her first mistake. But anyway, so I would, um, I, she would always talk about Mercury and retrograde and I would think, bitch, what are you talking about? But then I really started charting stuff and, and, and it's yep. true. I mean, it's like, I, you know, flights get canceled or appointments yep. get screwed up. And I just, you know, I've just noticed it. So at least now when it's happening, I go, okay, well, it, it will, it will write itself, I guess, eventually. Um, yeah. And there are some positives crazy. to it as well. I mean, there, there definitely are. So when you think of Ricky retrograde, you think of re, so anything, any word that begins with re, so reunion, re, you know, remember, reevaluate, um, you know, anything with re in front of it is what you oh. really should be focused on during Mercury retrograde. So there are positives to the negatives of the communication breakdown and the, you know, and the technology breakdown and all that kind of stuff, but there definitely are positives to the period. Uh, a lot oh, of times you'll find, yeah. yeah. No, that's a lot of times good to know because I never heard that. Yeah, a lot of times you'll find people will come back into your life during a Mercury retrograde period, and uh, that could be a positive or a negative thing, <laughs> depending on right, how they left right. in the first Hello. place. But, right. but, you know, it, it, but yeah, no, look it up. It, there, there's actually some real truth to, um, at least a lot of people believe, that, um, yeah, look at the words re, reunion. Uh, okay, that's great. Reevaluate, yeah. Mm -hmm. That's great to know. Well, I yeah. wanted to um, let everybody know we're so excited because tonight's special guest is Bill Alverson, and he's a returning guest because, yeah. you know, I returning, think it's been, see, right there. See, returning. 
And it's been, I want to say four years. I think it's been four years. It was, yeah. uh, we're going to talk to Bill as soon as he, we bring him on. But uh, when we first met Bill in the studio, um, he had uh, just sold the scripted version of his life, uh, yeah. Insatiable, and it was being shot or had been shot uh, for the CW network. Well, of course, since that time, it debuted on Netflix, and the second season is a huge hit. Uh, and Bill is also on the show, and he's a producer on the show, and he's also a Newman Thomas management client, and has become a, a really close dear friend and so, a fellow Southerner. But um, mm-hmm. do we? Can I bring Bill on now? Is he is he with us, JW? <laughs> he's not with us at the moment. No. Okay. Okay. So well, we'll you'll let me know. Him. Yeah. Because I have I have will. a text I have a text saying that he's here, but I'm not sure. Oh. where he's at oh okay <laughs> well um, if he's having yeah. a hard time connecting via the live broadcast he can call in the phone number the 563 number the 999-3025 and that's the number for our calling guests as well so if you want to call in you can call in at 563-999-3025 that is the line to call in and you can speak live with bill jasper and myself on the air oh great yes we're loving getting the uh getting the live calls. It was great last yeah. week with uh, Jennifer Elise Cox getting some, some uh, calls in. So yeah. And J- JW will be monitoring the calls. Yes, that's great. And I think I got him on the line now. So let's get him on here. Hey, Bill, are you there? Hey, I'm hey, Bill. Hey, hey, buddy. Good Welcome to have to you. The show. There you are. Welcome to the show. Here I am. I'm glad to be here. Well, listen, it's, we were just talking about Mercury and retrograde and all the crazy, uh, <laughs> techno things and now now the show is cutting in and out so um jr was saying that i mean jr here i go again jw was saying that mercury retrograde can also be a good thing but anything starting with re re so like you're returning to the show tonight <laughs> is a great thing and i uh, like that mm-hmm yeah, I'm loving Insatiable. I, I just binge-watched season two. I saw you there as the announcer for the beauty pageant. I, I was loving that. I was like, <laughs> it was fun. It was fun. I um, Yeah, I mean, it's like, you know, it wasn't the hardest acting gig, even though I think I should get an Emmy. But, um, <laughs> you know, it, 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 it was to be involved on anything on the other side of the camera has been real fun for me with the show. Yeah, oh, I'm sure. Absolutely. Well, listen, it's been you, your whole journey has been quite a a, a rise starting with uh, your show Coach Charming on TLC, which by the way, everyone, Coach Charming is second season is we're we're trying to bring Coach Charming second season to you guys. So put your good thoughts and good wishes out there that uh, that's your the, Mercury record. It needs to be a, a renewed renewal. Renewed. renewed. There Rebirth. you go, Bill. Return. <laughs> yes. Go Return and renewed. I love it. Yes. 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 Because you know, of course, the first season of Coach Charming. Uh, well, Bill was still married to his current wife at that time of what twenty nine years. Bill, how long were you married? I, I was 29. Actually, when we filmed it, I just had been divorced. Okay. Um, so, but my out status was not out at the time. So I guess I was, um, I was stuck in a black hole or something. Um, 
And so that's, it was kind of an in-between zone. And so I would, it, it'd be really fun to kind of take it forward and in, in the full authenticity of who I am now. Right. Exactly. Cause since then, um, You've married your wonderful husband, Doug. Hello, Doug, everybody. Uh, Doug's amazing. And Bill, ha- Bill and Doug are married, and Doug is a flight attendant and also lives at, right outside of Miami. So they have a place in Miami, and they just have this great new thing happening in Alabama. Tell everyone, Bill, what's, what's happening with your living situation. My daughter calls it the Murder She Roadhouse, but hopefully it won't burn. We've moved my law office and Doug and I into the same home. And so um, it's kind of like how, and actually it's kind of a, I like to say I'm kind of on the cusp of trends, but so many people are moving out of their corporate offices into their home because of technology and internet, et cetera. Mm -hmm. And actually that's uh, very applicable to the daily practice of law as well. Like after I do tonight, I'm going to go home and file a divorce complaint and get it scanned in, served, and it'll be docketed in as if I went to the courthouse. Um, it's amazing. So, yeah, it's it's great. And I knew it was a good thing the other night. We've been in for two weeks, and um, I'll admit to doing stupid things, and that was to move my home and office the same month. And I rarely like to say I'm wow. Wow. wrong, but that was dumb. Um, but I was sitting there working. It's like 10 o'clock at night, and Doug just kind of came through and gave me a glass of wine, and I was like, you know, this is going to be a lot better. Um, yeah, sit, sitting here and drinking at work is always a good thing, and um, not having to drive home on top of that. But it's finding finding that kind of like unique kind of space. It's an it's an old house built in '39, so it's got a, actually had a study in it, um, and so thankfully the previous owners nobody had done any kind of significant upgrades whatsoever. So I don't have the modern blown out combination rooms or any of that stuff. So it allows us to really create a separate space for the office there at the home. Right. Well, it's- oh, no. Oh. Jasper, can you repeat that? Yeah, I think oh. your connection's... Oh, I'm sorry. This is a really bad connection. Can you, you hear me now? Yes. We yeah, can. I, I can. I, I'm sorry. I said it's... um. It's this great setup, like we said, for uh, a reality show because everything's under <laughs> everything's under one roof. Literally, um, um, from dogs and cats to my son practicing <laughs> to coming and going and random people showing up, which has already happened. Um, but it's all there, you know. It gives a kind of a. I think it will be great for the show for the purpose of it gives an e- eclipsing kind of, I guess, moment of you're right there. You're interviewing, prepping, you're doing so-and-so, then we walk you out. You're going to work on stage presence. Are you going to, you know, at the same time, somebody else has prepared dinner. It's kind of like you're living in a quasi-family type environment, but yet you're not like going to a brick and mortar for each and every little thing you're doing. Right. And, um, and, and, I, and I think if you're going to come into someone's living room, they want to feel comfortable with you, and I think it creates a much more comfortable zone Hopefully we then can do stuff that makes people, you know, maybe think, reflect, eyes open, shock, if nothing else. But then again, that's kind of how I attack things. Right. So uh, bring us up to speed on Insatiable for season two um, without giving, you know, we don't want to give any too much. How, how, well, the good, thing, the good thing about, well, first of all, if you haven't watched it, you need to. Yeah, uh, season two is crazy, and it's um, 
I'm trying. You know, I, I, w- I want to use a more. Um, I want to be more verbose, I guess, and use a better vocabulary. But things like just shocking, crazy, unexpected, or or what you get with it, and and the reason being is is that Lauren Gustis, who's who's the head writer, has this thick sense of. I mean, she's sick. I mean, it's like with <laughs> the perspective, we're going to have a body eaten with pigs. But then we're going to have a girl give a real serious moment about what overeating really means and how it affects your neurosis. And so it's kind of like um, taking you the most uninhibited raw feelings and then slapping around. And then as soon as you're uncomfortable with yourself with it or it hits a nerve, something funny happens. Right. And all under the trajectory of we have a pageant thing escalating. I won't reveal the big surprise at the end, but it kind of like we blow up pageant girls, you know? I mean, I had somebody <laughs> send me an email going, oh, shit, you didn't blow up one, you blew up three. And it's like, and the, cam- the campiness of that or the satire, and then you turn around and it's, I get what it means. You know, we got attacked so heavily about uh, fat shaming, and that was so mm-hmm. bogus. Um, yeah. And that's some more fake news bullshit um, and, I, and I'm, I'm a pretty fucking liberal, but when, when a liberal agenda takes something for your own self-marketing plan, I'm going to call bullshit on it all day long. And that's what this chick did out of London. I think that's where she was. And, you know, she did talk about, you know, I'm my body images or whatever. I'm sorry. America is an obese country. But what we were doing, because we had her be fat and then come in to be thin, Mm-hmm. watch the damn show and realize the trajectory of a miracle fix overnight, which is, by the way, what everybody does to get their dick hard or get their face pretty or get, get themselves in the gay, like it's white, it's white party, let's be fabulous. Everybody's looking for the quick fix of how to be great on Saturday night. And so um, that's my alarm if it's going off, and I've got to stop it. I don't know how. And, um, I don't hear anything. And so, okay, good. And so um, what it does is it kind of takes it so many levels deeper than that Yeah. to go, yeah, build upon your bigoted stereotype, and we're going to turn that on you. And that's what the show does. I, I, I mm-hmm. don't understand why Glad's not pushing us at the highest point, because we address bisexuality on our show better than any yeah. show has done. I will say I'll take anybody to task with it. In fact, Lauren and I had an argument about my character still being with a woman at the end because I'm not. And then she was like, it's not you. And I'm like, it's fucking me. It's my personality. And then it's funny because I laughed at her and said, you say it's not me. The storyline clearly is not me on this. But this, this, and this emotion, my sister called me and said, I'm in season two and I'm crying. and I want to tell you I'm sorry. Mm, And, And she got how the character got to be where he was. Of course, the wow. other Bob, who is also me, by the way, that people, my daughter picked that up, and that was never put in the press, um, is I'm going to be a gay man. This is what I need to be doing. I don't, you know, she's like, you you were interested in these last night. You know, yeah. But as a bisexual man who's now married to a man, I don't need to be dancing the other side of the fence. The reason I don't want to is because of I, I can't handle the hell anymore. But... Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and people, gay or straight or lesbian, bi, whatever, they, not bi, they don't, and they are not receptive to the bi community. 
And right. um, the show takes it on with the authenticity that basically says, you got to figure it out. And yes. so how, ma- how many gay men do we know going, everybody's a little bit gay. Some are 10%. Mm-hmm. Some will let their, some, some will let have somebody do oral sex on them. Some will like stroke somebody. Some will like to do this, that, whatever. I'm like, what is this big hidden secret that you're going to think everybody? I'm married to a man that's never been with a woman. He tried to be and didn't work. He's totally mm-hmm. gay. I have three kids. I clearly batted for the other team and enjoyed during that process. But why is that an awkward conversation about our human sexuality? So insatiable kind of pushes that envelope because people don't know even how to talk about it themselves who think they're so progressive and they can't talk about it. And so what Lauren does is go, it's here people, you know, and she proclaims herself as a bisexual woman who's married to a man who has a kid. I mean, you know, oh. her own mother and I talked about her sexuality at the wow. premiere the first year. And I thought, I-, I love her mom, by the way. And how cool is that? Because what you're telling people is be who you are. And if you yes. really scream being who you are, let's find ways. To- people have to see examples of who they are to get comfortable with who they are. You know, I love the show special. You got cerebral palsy and you're gay and you're working through life and it's funny, mm-hmm. hilarious situations. Well, you know, we have people that struggle to, to identify with something or somebody. Yeah. And um, we do that with pageants. When I coached the first Asian Miss America, which was kind of pathetic that you say first to anything, but she said, I was a brown girl that used to watch beauty pageants and never saw brown girls. Mm. Oh, that wow. That kind of hit, right? Yeah. So every, yeah. every white privileged person see that you don't have to think you're egotistical being privileged, but you have to know right. that you are by the virtue of being in that subset. And yeah. so be aware of that. You don't have to be Donald Trump and an asshole with it, but you can be aware of that. And so her big speech, and it didn't come from me, but by God, we worked it was she made a, a comment when she won Miss New York, the girl next door is an ever changing face. And I mm. thought, God Almighty, that's, great. that's brilliant. And and when we worked with her for Miss, it was Nina Devalori, and she's from she's Hindu and she's Indian, and you know she got called after she won Miss New York a racist. She's a Muslim. What are we doing, crowning her raghead and all this stuff? And it's like, oh my God, get you, you're so pathetic. You don't even know to get your racial serves right. But I was like, we're going to use that. <laughs> mm-hmm. And by and in front of celebrity judges, when she said, I got called you know, these horrible things is that I got called a terrorist strictly because of who I was, all of a sudden your eyes go to her. And after her interview and on stage question, she didn't get to say it. She goes, by God, it's the last damn thing I do. I'm going to talk about the ever, you know, the ever changing face of the girl next door. And what happened was, and I believe the good Lord, the good spirit or whatever it is in Hindu land, looked down upon her and said, no, you need to wait and say that on national TV. And that's what you mm. got to do. Right. Yeah. And, you know, and, and, and that was like, yeah. And people say pageants aren't relevant. They're sexist and all that other bullshit. And I'm thinking there are a lot of little brown girls that night that thought that they could fit in. Right. And they saw them once well. we, yeah. And so I'm hoping people see coach charming and hope coping coach charming too. They see that I'm a gay man. Who's a lawyer, mm. not a hairdresser, not a dancer and no shade to any of those people. 
but all the right. gays and all the shows and all the other stuff are flamboyant and care and have a lot of personality and they're all in the artistic related world. Right. How many mm-hmm. gay doctors, how many gay lawyers, how many gay engineers, and those are all the guys I slept with and they're all gay and they're just as prevalent in those areas as well. But right. we don't see that. And so if you're not geared, I can remember when I was a Christian, I still am a Christian, but not the way I was then. I thought I had, mm-hmm. because I became this Christian, uh, Jasper, you get this, being Southern. Oh, my God, this yeah. means I'm going to be a preacher. I don't want to be a preacher. No, just because you're a Christian <laughs> doesn't mean you're going to be a preacher. But I felt or a choir director. pressure. Or a choir director, right? Well, I don't want to be a pedophile. Um, but that was horrible. <laughs> I should have said that. No, but, I agree. But, you know, but we're it's where Catholic people find either. their safe haven. You know, that's right. You know, I do think this is getting really deep, but some aspects of deviant human behavior happens because people feel like they have no assimilation into the world they live in, and they look for ways to feel powerful, controlling, Mm -hmm. or included, and unfortunately that involves the abuse of children. And um, that's a whole other world I work in. But but people don't think about the – the, they don't think about the cause. They think about the circumstance. And it, it will never change anything if we don't work to change the cause. True. Well, let me ask you, going, going back to the new season of Insatiable, do you yeah. find now that, uh, now that these – how many now – you know, now that it's been out for a few months, are you getting a better response to the bisexuality? I know the first season, you know, the, the, even in the gay press we talked about – you know, the gay press was not there. There's a stigma, as you were mentioning earlier about the bisexuality. Are you finding, have you heard yet, or are you getting feedback that it's being more positively received this second season? Allegedly, when I talked with Lauren, she said that glad has been kind of on board with some of, with, with some of the comments, some of the, the, the themes, but mm-hmm. I'm not getting the pushback. More of the pushback was directed to me personally, to be perfectly honest, because I still live in Alabama. I'm still right. a small-town individual. And it's kind of like, well, if I truly believed what I do, I'd get out. And, I'm, and my comment to all those people is, fuck you, you lazy assholes. Right. Because you go live in, in West Hollywood. You go live in Manhattan. You go live in South Beach or, or Wilson Manors. Mm-hmm. You go live in all those safe areas where you're safe. Why don't right. you ride a bicycle through town like I did and have a bot and have people literally drive by and yell at you and throw bottles at you? Mm-hmm. You know, um, that happened to me, but I'm not going because I'm not going to quit. I feel like the the people in Nazi Germany, maybe because our president now, I don't know, but um, that decided <laughs> not to flee but decided to help and, and fight the resistance. Every day, my husband and I walk down the street of Andalusia, Alabama, in the most reddest state in the country. We're the highest percentage of Trump percentage. I think that's why he came to Alabama's football game last weekend. And didn't get booed. Mm -hmm. And didn't get booed. And in fact, Mm -hmm. the guy that that stabbed the the baby Trump balloon thing has already raised over 30-something thousand dollars that people have given him to support a criminal act. Yeah, roll tide, glad we're in Alabama. <laughs> but I'm still here. Right. And, I, and, I, and I'm here, and I had to go to all my circuit judges, and I have to fight to keep my caseload and have people hire me. And thank God for TV because it gave me notoriety. But what about the other gay man? I mean, I'm the only gay out professional 
that is publicly out south of Montgomery and the entire state. And I say that not like, oh, look at me, but I did get Citizen of the Year in my hometown. And let me tell you, that flipped some people out because when they had already decided when I won, then the next week I came out as being gay. And all of a sudden it was, oh, wait a minute. The Southern thing is to say he's a confirmed bachelor. The Southern thing is for us not to actually acknowledge that Uncle Frank never got married. Well, I just throw it all out there and I who I am. And then I really mess them up when I tell them I'm a person of faith and I believe in religion and I have faith and, and Jesus still speaks to me. They're like, oh my, this, you're not supposed to say this, sit down. But, but don't you think, Bill, don't you think that's what's great about Mayor Pete and Pete Buttigieg? Because in many oh, ways, why I'm, I feel I'm like Mayor Pete is, like is, is living the life you're talking about, like you are. You know, well, he's, actually, kind of. Mayor Pete is a son of academia, and so he was given a gifted kind of existence. But his husband is from middle class, nowhere America. Mm -hmm. And if you read his book, which, by the way, I I recommend listening to it because Pete reads it and how great to hear his own voice saying his own words. Um, He talks about going home with with him, with Chastain and and talking. And I was like, God, I so get it. Right. Because. His husband was somebody who was floundering to find himself to do what he had to do. It's not that he's not smart or brilliant, but when your sexuality is so mired with who and what you are, and you live in a community where you don't even have a place to anchor to go to exercise class. I go to the gym, and tonight, very much, I walked in, and Doug was like, where'd you put your sweatshirt? I said, over in front of the guy in front of the treadmill over there. I put it over there because he looked at me, and just I made him say hello to me, but he gay hates. And Doug was like, I'm putting my shirt there. And I said, yeah, I'm walking in front of him. <laughs> yeah. You know. Well, good. That's um, what I mean. You, you, and that's, but that's, we, and we have, you have to do it. And what Pete does is that he's the smartest guy in the room. And yeah. he is a person of faith. He's committed to it. He's patriotic. He did military service. And, you know, if you want to be cynical and say he did all that to make sure he checked all the boxes, well, okay, that's, you're, we're going to be critical of someone who checks all the boxes. Maybe right. we need to find someone who checks all the boxes and eliminate the skew across the board. But when right. I see other Democrats coming at him because of his sexuality, I'm like, you're out. Yeah. Amy Klobuchar, well, you're done. I, you're done. I'm just, I'm just encouraged by the fact that uh, he is possibly leading right now in Iowa and the sexuality part of him is not really, a, uh, not, that's not, that's the least impressive thing about him, you know? And well, so I hope that, I'm, go ahead, go ahead. No, I was just saying, I'm, I've been pleasantly surprised in a good way that middle America or whoever is, it's not, cause it's not just the coasts that are embracing him. Um, that's very Don't encouraging. Don't get too excited there. Let's see what goes, but I was different. Iowa's the state that also voted for same-sex marriage, and the justices, however, that voted for that got, got kicked out of office. Thank you to your Breibart and those kind of people. And, right. um, you know, but he knows that state. He campaigned extensively for Obama and Iowa. Mm-hmm. So as a result, he, it, the familiarity is there. And right. he can relate and talk their speak. 
and I think that's kind of I think that's brilliant. You know what what I'm hoping that comes out that basically someone says, "Why do you care where someone puts his dick when you voted for Donald Trump?" And he clearly was making sure that everybody knew he had one. <laughs> right. You know well, when, when you see did, Reverend did, Reverend Graham. He, go ahead. I cut you off. No, I go just ahead. meant Pete is such a class act. You know, he's, he's he is the the thing that I would love to see. I would actually like for the Democrat nominee to actually decline debating Trump before debate. There's people have been saying that Trump's not going to debate, but I would love for them to just say, you know what? I don't need to waste my time debating this fool. It, it's not going to move the needle anywhere. And 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 not debate him, not even engage him. What I like about Pete is he doesn't really talk about Trump very much in no, his no. And campaigning. Here's, here's the thing. Here, here's here's the thing. Well, I, I see where you're coming from. If somebody like Pete was debate Trump, I would like have my rocks off, like in my brain academically beyond belief. <laughs> you remember how Trump lo- loomed over Clinton and she walked around her and he fucked mm-hmm. her up? That yeah. won't happen with Pete. And Trump, no. here's, the thing, here's the thing about a bully. Bully knows where he can't abuse someone. Right. And so he jumped on Hillary because he's a sexist, and he jumped on her femininity, and he, she got wrapped up with that and couldn't, to be perfectly honest, she didn't rein it in like she should have. Right. You know, when he loomed on well, like Nancy stage, Pelosi, Like Nancy Pelosi. She would kick his him. ass. Nancy yeah. Pelosi he's, was he's very intimidated. He's very intimidated by, by Nancy Pelosi. Yeah. And so the difference was, and, you know, I'll never get a chance to meet Hillary Clinton. I would love it. But I would like to look at her and go, okay, if you want to really know my opinion of the demise of your campaign was your narcissistic ego and the fact that you weren't confident in it. As soon as he stepped on your part of the stage, you should have stopped and looked at him and said, what are you doing? What do you need? Do you need a glass of water? Go back to your podium. Well, I can you tell know? you that um, I can tell you a client of mine got to spend some time with both she and Bill at Tyler Perry's studio opening last month, and yeah. basically Hillary actually said that in looking back now, the two things she wished she had done differently is she wished that her fun side, her more light. Yeah. lighter side wouldn't come through, but she felt such huge responsibility. There was such a burden on her shoulders of being the first female candidate that she was in a quandary about how to present herself. And in looking back, she wishes now that she had been, because my client told me that she was funny. She was engaging. She's much more beautiful in person than she comes off on television. She's amazing. And that, what, yeah, what and that the two of them is, together yeah. are like rock stars together. Well, here's the thing. Everybody that knows anything about their history knows that she was the more than the woman behind the man. And, and the fact you say that is a gender sexist comment. And I own that it is. It should be the person behind the person. It truly should be. But mm-hmm. um, instead of this strong woman behind the man, let the woman get the fucking light. But the second thing is... But the thing about the lack of personality, that's what was kicking her, and she was afraid to let herself. And hence, I will tell you, Coach Charming wasn't her coach because it would have been about when are you going to be transparent to be you? 
When are you going right. to be transparent to show that I've had enough? When are you going to be transparent to say, wait a minute, I am a damn mom, and she's a mom. Clearly and a grandmother. A and a grandmother, and very engaged, and very aware. People forget in 08, she carried Kentucky because the, the middle-class women of Kentucky voted for her. They met her. They got her. They engaged with her. This is the woman that, that wrote the book, It Takes a Village to Raise a Child. And somewhere in the mastery of the Democratic Party, some asshole got himself wrapped up with his own ego and drove this campaign in the wrong direction. And, right. and they also sat on their asses thinking, we got this one. And you forget about the people that I live with in Alabama. Mm -hmm. and, and a lot of those people, they're the ignorant people in Alabama, but they're also people that have, have not been exposed to anything different. Right. And that's the point about me being the gay guy living down here. I'm giving people a different perspective of what a homosexual is. I know that on a daily basis. People engage with me, and they may call me about appearance or interview or work with their kid or do the, or they call me uh, to handle their divorce or handle legal issues because they think that I'm smart enough to do it. It's not that they like me. They think they're going to get what they're going to pay for. And I charge mm -hmm. them. Trust me, it's not a free thing. But <laughs> in the process of doing that, they see a picture of me and my husband. They look us up, up, us, up on Facebook and see that, and my pet Facebook is very, very much done with a generated purpose. And, right. and I do that to say that we have a full existent life. But it's also then I can look at them and say, you're not doing that. You're going to sign these divorce papers. We're going to fight for this type of visitation. And they get that, that I know where they're coming from. But it's not right. that I'm such an anomaly it's the fact that I have to know that they've never met someone quite like me. And then I realize, and the, 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 I guess the bright part about it is the number of people from here that their kids are gay that reach out and talk to me and ask how they can handle coming back home or they can't come back home or please talk to their parents because it's, again, this whole stigma thing. Mm -hmm. But people act like, you know, and, and, I, and I've said this, West Coast, East Coast, y'all are not going to decide our country's future. Forget no, it. No, no, no. You are not going to decide it. It's in Idaho, Montana. It's in Kentucky. It's in Ohio. It's, the, areas, electoral, those, it's the Electoral College that's going to decide and it. And wake the fuck up and, and quit trying to say change it. I, I think Elizabeth Warren is the smartest person in the world, and she'll be brilliant on the cabinet. But yeah. she's too harsh. She's not feminine. And therefore, as a woman who cannot appear to be feminine, you will not win. I may be wrong. Well, we also, I'll buy anybody drinks. I, as liberal, I mean, I'm as far left as I can be, but we have to have a centrist, a, mo somewhat, a moderate. Well, first somebody. of all, this elitist bullshit of let's sit around and be the philosophes of 18th century France and be Voltaire and all that kind of shit, that got nobody nothing. No. Nothing. No. Well, wh let me, what do you think? What do you think about the potential of uh, Bloomberg coming into the race? You know, Bloomberg is going to bring us a different dynamic because, as a mayor of New York, he accomplished a lot of things, mm -hmm. and so and he attracts the wealthy people to understand, oh, protect our wealth. 
But people don't understand. The Republicans that say, oh, it's great. I'm like, your, your debt is three tripled since he's been in office. Growth is at 1.9%, which is what it was under Obama. Mm-hmm. And so you're not better. You're not better. No. And so the farmers are better because 40% of your income has been done by government subsidies, greater than the auto company auto bailout of Detroit, which they had to pay that money back, and farmers, you don't. So, yeah. and where's coal? Which, first of all, I don't want to bring coal back. But where's coal since you were promised to bring coal back? You know, oh, if you look yeah, at the dynamics. Just, he doesn't give a shit about those people. No, and he just lost the gov- just lost the governor's race in Kentucky, which is the greatest happiest thing in the world to me because he lost some specific areas that he should have carried that he presidential carried, but the governor didn't carry because what happened? Coal didn't come back. Mm-hmm. And the well, well he's areas, losing he's losing the suburban moms also, which I still can't believe he ever had the suburban moms. But you know, well, first of all, um, screw them. But yes, Jasper. But the difference is, is that you're a man that likes a man. You are not raised to marry well. And the old Southern phrase of marrying well is marrying a rich kids. So you can stay at home and you don't have to go to work. Go back right. and read the help. That's how people, Southern girls were raised, and it's the same thing in Park Avenue. Or go, or go to college to get a rich husband. That's all it is. Yeah. You know, totally. or S degree. And, and, well, and let me, let me saying, ask you, let me ask you, are you finding, so in your hometown there, do you, are there other gay couples? There's a gay couple. Actually, here's what's really hilarious. There's a block that we live on. The and it's got four, <laughs> it's, it's the gay block. There's four houses. One's an empty lot. So there's three houses. Gay couple moved in on the other side of us, and there's a gay couple behind us. Isn't that not hilarious? I mean, it's oh like, my God. are you kidding me? And it's an older couple to the next of us, and behind us is a younger couple. Now, I give them shit because they won't get married, and they wear rings. And let me tell you, that's another thing. Don't fucking say you're married if you're not married. That's true. We fought I agree. and got the damn right. Do it. Call yourself a partner. Call yourself a boyfriend. Call yourself a roommate. But when, when a gay man says, or a woman, says to me, I'm married. Really, when did you get married? We hadn't gotten married yet. Now, I look at them, and they hate me, and the rest of the night's ruined for them. I look at them and say, you're not married. That's right. Well, we gave each other. No, you're not. Mm-mm. It's legal now. And everything you're doing is diminishing the opportunity for people to celebrate the legality of what we have. You know, part yeah, of I think it's almost blasphemous. It's almost blasphemous for me for people not to yeah, get married. I, or to I'm pre- that way. It, it's like spitting in the face of all the people who suffered and came before us to get us. Well, to and this I will point. tell you another thing that I raise hell about that pisses people off is the gay person who did the fake partnership to get benefits for their friend. Oh God! And it's rampant. Remember, I'm married to a flight attendant. So right. what did flight attendants do? Uh, the, I tease them about flying mattresses and being people that are, don't have driving ambition, whatever, but it's all true. Um, here's, the, here's the bottom line. They would say, you're my domestic partner because you've got better chances to fly on my passes. You, got, you could get health insurance, and we helped each other out. All that sounds great around the kitchen table. But what you're doing by saying that is 
oh, I'm sorry, I can change my domestic partner every year, mm-hmm. which is what they can do. And there's Legally, there is no really way to work, work around it. From the position of a corporation that was trying to give same-sex couples the identity that they were fighting to get in the courts. So what wow. you did was cost the corporation money and abused it when it was for same-sex couples, not because you could pick your friend who is not your partner to claim them as your partner status to get the benefits of being a partner. That's bullshit. I think it's, it's cheating, is. it's lying, it's undermining, and it happened all across the corporate America when it came. So then after marriage became legal, that was eliminated. And, and people were like, mm-hmm. oh my God, I lost that. I'm like, are you fucking kidding me? You shouldn't have had it in the first place. Right. But what that does is sends a bad thing in corporations and businesses. How much money did they lose by having a domestic partner that truly was not a domestic partner? They did that because we couldn't be married. Mm-hmm. And yet we as gay men and, and I saw myself in that group, I didn't use that, but gay men and gay women did that to help a friend use the mm-hmm. system. That's fucked up. That's, that's right. not right. And that's wrong. And so what I do that makes me the friend to nobody is basically call bullshit across the board. Be authentic, be honest, be real. This is what we have to do to go forward. And to, to my elitist liberals on the far left, excluding you, um, is <laughs> simply this. Wait the fuck up. All you're doing is a circle jerk and you're not getting yourself, you're not expanding yourself to other areas. Right. We know what the prize is, but we've got to lead people to get there. But if you don't get them moving to our trajectory, they'll never get to the prize. And we will continue to have what we have now because Steve Bannon outdid you last time. Mm-hmm. That's right. So are you going to wake point. up and outdo him? Well, I'm encouraged. Are you encouraged? I'm encouraged, of course, by the midterms. And then I'm encouraged, like you said, uh, Virginia, we just turned the House and the Senate and the, um, I mean, both, you know, both everything went blue in Virginia. And, but also, but in Kentucky now, the guy, the loser has not conceded, has he? No, Bevin. Bevin was his name. He conceded today. Oh, he did. Okay. Because he was doing what a lot of us think. A lot of us think that's what Trump will do if he, not if, when he loses or if he loses the election, um, he will not concede. I will say, when the show was struggling, we have a phrase, and I tell people to say this now. When the show was struggling, and we were like rocking and rolling, and, you know, it was going to be my life, then influenced by my life, whatever. CW had it. It went from Showtime to CW, so CW did a pilot. And then when they passed, but the people were still involved going, this really needs to be basically uninhibited. It doesn't need to be, it doesn't need to be regulated by the feds. It needs to, you know, get off that. And so Lauren started this phrase, this thing. Believing is believing the impossible is possible. And she Mm. asked everybody to say that seven minutes a day on the show. And then what the fuck we got picked up, right? So it is something about positive energy. And what Mm -hmm. I will say to people who believe that we want to sink the Orangeman, 
is that we have to start saying believing is believing. The impossible is possible. Don't start counting it. Our, our Achilles heel is that we are right. We think we are right, and we think mm-hmm. we have it. And it got handed to our asses in Wisconsin and Mich- Michigan last year, and we lost. Right. And the right. glimmer of hope is Virginia. The glimmer of hope is Kentucky. It's not the change. Those areas that went, the Republicans already knew, and they have known they were going to lose Congress. What right. got people, they knew when Trump went in that two years later they were going to lose Congress. That was not well, an unknown. I mean, like even in, even in Mississippi uh, last week, I mean, of course, we, we, we all knew the Mississippi was going to go red again, but it, but it was still a much tighter race than they expected. And then, of course, a lot of people believe that even a state like Texas can come into play this time around. So, you Texas know, it's well not, because of the Hispanic vote. And, yeah. You know, and and we can get something. You know, Alabama, we got Doug Jones, who might not go back, but we got him the first time. And, you know, it is an awareness. But the thing is, we can't take anything for granted. We have to adapt and be real. We have to make sure that we are not pandering to minorities to the point to where anybody feels an influential power. The problem is, is that when integration is the greatest key in the world, but when you integrate, you lose part of yourself. Mm-hmm. And if you don't, if you don't have the ability to lose part of yourself, then you're going to let that dark side take control again. You know, well, let me ask you in, in the South right now, well, of course, in Alabama of this, of the democratic nominees, how it like, for instance, what's the, what's the testing of the waters of Joe Biden? Is he, is Joe Biden not even talked about? There, here's the here's the sad thing: limited conversation, mm-hmm. and that's disturbing yeah. to me. Um, right. I've 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 actually signed up to be a Buttigieg a delegate, um, and um, hopefully that that would be great fun for me. But um, Warren is people think she's Satan's spawn. Um, Biden, they, they still play off the, the dumb joke that he's, because Biden misspeaks, and sadly he's done some pretty big faux pas, but I think Already, he's a cool cat. Yeah, yeah I mean, he's a cool cat, but I mean, he's done some dumbass things, but he's a likable personality, you know, and then it comes down, I mean, I listen to a podcast with Andrew Yang, and he is amazing, mm-hmm. but he'll never. I like him I mean, a lot. I, I like him a ton, a ton. But the, but with our problems with China, do you think people are going to vote for an Asian? Wake up. But what I right. love about the fact is that he's still in the race making you think, wait a minute, let's reevaluate that. My daughter dates an, mm-hmm. a, a Chinese-American uh, or Canadian now. His parents live in Canada. And it's kind of like, you know, people don't even know that they don't realize that you say Oriental is um, a lamp, Asian is, a, mm-hmm. is the people. You know, we're still right. learning, and, and but what's happening is the changing of demographics. The bottom line, Jasper, is it money, money talks. Atlanta oh, yeah. sure. is changing because of Hollywood, and I love mm-hmm. the fact that after the horrible governor's election that the Democratic candidate came to California and said, don't pull out because we need you to mm-hmm. be here. Um, you and I have had personal comment, conversations about Kemp that I hear he's a wonderful guy from you. 
Um, but but I, I don't what, – what's lacking in American politics today is someone to realize that they could end their political career to stand on the principles that they believe in, and in doing so might end up, I think, resonate them to the highest level. But it's a risk. It's a gamble, and everybody's fearful. And we have lobbying colleges. We have lobbying groups. We have people trained to advise you what to do with your campaign. And if you start to watch the campaigns that people pull out, you can realize, wait a minute, who's designing this? And nine well, times you know, out of ten, going, it's not a going candidate. Back to the, going back to the Hillary campaign, you know who gets a lot of the blame? A lot of people blame her gay campaign manager, Robbie. I forgot his last name, but he's the one that you notice has laid very low ever since 2016. And he apparently, it's been criticized for, he was the one that was pushing her to be the strident don't show any vulnerability because as a gay man, I know what it's like. You've got to really get in there and, and, and be tough yeah. and be butch. And, we all and know so, that that's political stuff. Muskie cried and lost the Democratic nomination in 1968, whatever it was, because he cried and he got upset on stage and showed that he was weak. Okay, right. that's great. I studied that when I was in fucking elementary school. Big damn deal. Look beyond yourself and know who you are. But if you don't really know who you are, you don't get it. John F. Kennedy knew the fuck who he was. Richard Nixon knew who he was. And if you know who you are, then you can go, you know what? I shouldn't have said that. And that's where Donald Trump kicks their ass all day long because he doesn't listen to detractors. He can't keep anybody in the cabinet. He can't keep anybody working with him. But all day long, and then he will spell his spin his shit and say, "I'm wonderful. It is great. This country's better than ever. You're better now than you ever have been." No, actually, I'm not. Mm-mm. But nobody no, has the, the balls enough to challenge it. The unemployment situation. Yeah, they talk about how many jobs there are. Well, people are working. Well, how many to business workers did he hire? I mean, go break right. it down. We are, yeah. the Federal Reserve has dropped their rate again for the third time. That's a signal of a bad economy going into recession. But you know what? People don't know that. You have to say, if you can't pay for it, we'll take it home. You've got to keep it at a fifth grade level and make it, as what I do with my pageant girls, make it digestible. Make where people can eat it and see what's going on. The debt is here. The debt is here. They don't care about their grandchildren. For the no, the hypocrisy—the hypocrisy that I see, and especially in the South, where I'm from now. I mean, when I look at these people, they—I talk to friends of mine that are Trump supporters. They only care about their 401k, and it's so funny because, like, they don't give a shit how immoral he is, how stupid he acts, how he, how horrible he's making us look with foreign policy, and that's what's been the most disappointing thing to me is I'm, I've, I've had to realize that a lot of the people that I respected that I actually thought were smart are just that that really are the most just soulless kind of spineless people that are just so shallow. They just want to make sure their 401k is good and that that's it. They so don't, what you have to do that's is the only reason they're voting them. for him. Absolutely. And so what you do is, is you make things personal. Right. You bring it into their home. Mike Pence says, I'm unfit to be a parent, is what I can say. Mm-hmm. Get rid of Mike Pence. You know? Make yeah. it personal. 
strive on an emotion, and you don't act like you, it's like, and I work with a pageant girl that's very smart. I'm like, your problem is you're smarter than your judges. And she'll look right. at me and go, you're going to talk down to them. And nobody likes to be felt, be felt stupid. So let's find things that they can connect to. It may be the love of dogs. You love dogs, they love dogs. We can talk about dogs. Gay men and dogs are irrational. Right. Gay man, <laughs> on how he treats a dog, is irrational. But in the right. interview, I play on that because we're going to take Biffy to get it. Oh, my God, this is Louis Vuitton or my cute little Maltese or my Bijou or whatever they call them. <laughs> and they're carrying around and they get so-and-so. We have to have this done to get our teeth cleaned and do all these things. And it's because they can't dote on a child. They transfer all of that to a dog. But if you attack them by saying you should do that with a child and this is what you're doing, they're defensive, they hate you and you're horrible – Instead of saying, oh, my God, this pet care place is so much better, and they're doing so-and-so, and they massage the feet when they do the pedicure. And they're like, oh, that's awesome. Thank you for telling me. Then when I tell them a book to read or something I believe in, all of a sudden they're going to listen to me if they're that kind of pocket gay. And so that's okay. It, right. You've got to get in their world and get in their space and make it receptive. And what happens with Democrats, I think, is that we become elitist and we're smarter. And then you say, you're stupid. You live in a trailer. You're an idiot. Right. You know, no, that's the been fact a, that yeah. Venice I mean, is flooding that means nothing. You know, oh, my God, Venice is flooding. I'm so sorry. That's going away. To me, that's just horrible. Right. But if I tell them they can't go to the beach next summer when they have to so-and-so because this is happening or whatever, then all of a sudden they're going to listen to me. Right. You're right. No, I mean, I, and as we as we come to the end here, I can't believe it. But that's the thing, you know. I've always said, I've I've always applauded you and Doug, and especially you because you're there full time. Is, you know, like you said earlier, I I give you all the credit for staying in the fight and being right there, boots on the ground, and that's how you change people's uh, opinions. And I want everyone to remember, uh, keep watching Insatiable. Uh, we're praying for a season three. Everyone keep your eyes and ears open for second season of Coach Charming because we're going to make that happen. And uh, much love, Bill, to you and Doug and the whole family. And Jasper, glad you're in my life. Oh, listen, buddy. It's, from the moment I met you, I knew it was an instant connection. We're, great things are happening. JW, thank you so much for, uh, for everything as always. And everyone, thanks for tuning in. We'll be back next Thursday night live, and you can check us out on iTunes and Spricker and iHeart and all the other platforms. And, Bill, where can people uh, stalk you before we go? <laughs> they can stalk me, Bill Alverson, on Facebook, on, on Instagram, any kind of – send me a message, chat to me. Send me something, questions. I love communicating with people. I mean, you know, beyond people sending me their uh, pictures of their gentalia, that'd be nice to know there's real substance there. But, um, you know, it's But all you don't good. want them to stop sending those, do you? Never. I'm, let's, let's okay, first of all, I'm a great evaluator. And um, <laughs> we're, yeah, that's, that's a skill set that I have developed. I will tell you, you need to trim or don't trim. I'm good there. So, um, you know, we're all here to be better. And let's, let's work together to get there. Well, on that note, Keep your pubes trimmed, everybody. And Absolutely. everyone, peace out. Vote blue. Love you. Take care, everyone. Bye-bye. Thanks for checking out One on One with Jasper Cole. Check out past episodes and get the latest as they're released. Subscribe today on iTunes, Stitcher, and YouTube.